Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on knowing what you believe and why you believe it. If you are eager, like I am, to strengthen your faith, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. This is our last episode looking at the importance of the resurrection. What does the resurrection produce in our lives today, practically speaking? Well, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have an advocate, a court-appointed defense attorney who stands in our place, and we are righteous, sinful people, sinless before God. Thank you, Lord. Because we have an advocate, guess what? We are inseparable conquerors. These are powerful truths that are real in our lives as believers, and they come from the resurrection. Now, we think about this idea of inseparable, and then we think of this idea as conquerors, and we're going to see how they blend together in Romans chapter 8, a wonderful passage of Scripture. Verse number 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Think about that. There's, you're not condemned. You are not guilty. We've talked about that. Why? Because we have an advocate who took our place. And then verse number 11 says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. What does that tell us? You and I are going to be raised the same as Jesus Christ. Just like he was resurrected from the dead, you and I will be resurrected in the end. And then we come down to verse 31. It's a, maybe a very familiar passage here, but it says, What shall we say then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but get, delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So we go down here, and we'll work our way through this passage, but he asks questions, kind of like a rhetorical question, that we already know the answer to. But he asks it for emphasis here. And so as we think about being inseparable conquerors, we see, first of all, the position of God's children. And we see here that God is for us. Think about that. God is for us. How much is God for you? So much so that he gave his own son. And it's not only God that's for us, it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit that are for us. We see Romans 8.34, Christ is at the right hand of God. He's making intercession for us. That means he's for us. He's pleading our case. 826 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Think about that. When you don't even know what to do or how to do, when you're uh, facing obstacles, when you feel less than, the Holy Spirit is for you. God's for you. God the Son's for you. And God the Holy Spirit is for you. What does that mean to you when you hear the truth that God is for you? What that means is everything in your life is working for you. I want that just to kind of sink in just for a moment. It means that everything in your life is working for you, not against you. It means every single thing in life is working for your good. And Romans 8.28 is a passage of Scripture in this uh, chapter, which sometimes gets it's very powerful. Sometimes it gets quoted at the wrong time. I Meaning someone may be suffering from a loss of a, a loved one or some terrible tragedy has come in. And, you know, we like to say, hey, all things work together for good to them that love God. Just, just trust God. And while that's great truth, sometimes we have to be t uh, manage our, our time and our delivery of it. 
But the fact that God is for us is why Romans 8.28 is there. So when you're thinking everything in your life is working for you, this includes the trials, the difficulties, and the defeat. This includes the unanswered prayers and the closed doors. This also includes our victories, our successes and achievements, the answered prayers and the open doors. And the obvious conclusion that the author Paul is trying to draw here is if God is for us, who or or what on earth can be against us? Nothing. The truth that God is for us has helped me tremendously to view my life to view what is going on in my life, to, to give me peace and comfort, to remove fear and worry in my life. Because if God is for me, then nothing can be against me. And the truth that God is for me means everything, even the things I feel like are setbacks, even the things that I feel like Satan is allowed, or even my mistakes. None of that matters. You know, there may be people that are not for you right now. You may have loved ones that are not for you. You may have people in the workplace roommates, classmates, professors, that you just, you, they're just not for you. They're not rooting you on. God is for you. You know, there's so comforting to know if you play athletics or you have someone in the sidelines rooting you on. That's so comforting to know that someone is for you. So the position is God is for us, and also God has justified us. Who can accuse us of anything? We talked about this on a previous episode. Satan tries to accuse you day and night. Other people may accuse you. You may even accuse yourself. But guess what? God will never accuse you. Why? Because you have been justified. Who is it that shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Those that are chosen by God and have believed on him for salvation. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's children? It is God that justifies. What does it mean? No one. Who is who that condemneth? Who can condemn you? No one. Why? Because it's Christ that died, yea, that rose again. And he stands before God as our advocate, making intercession for us. So we're justified. We're declared righteous in Jesus Christ. It means we're not condemned or guilty of breaking God's law. It means no accusation will hold ever. And this position never changes. There's nothing you can do nor anyone else can do to change it. So we see we're inseparable conquerors. First, by the position of God's children, but then we see as our passage unfolds the permanency of God's love. It's an inseparable love. That's where we get this part of the title, inseparable. You see, other people's love may change towards you. Someone may love you and then not like you and then even hate you. Our love towards others may even change. You may fall in love with someone. You may unfortunately fall out of love with someone. You may have different people that come and go in your life. Our love for ourselves may even change. But guess what? God's love toward us will never change. How do we know that? Look at this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Now, he asks who, but then he begins to list things. Tribulation, distress. They're not people. He used the word who. Why is that? Because it's people that typically force the tribulation, the distresses, the persecution into our lives. You see, difficulties in life many times can do this. They can cause us to question God's love for us. But our passage says no matter what difficulty comes in your life, that is not a determining factor of God's love for you. 
That cannot separate you from God's love. You see, you and I understand love maybe on a basis system. You love someone more or less than this person. We can love someone, then not love someone. That's not how God works. That is not God's love. And we can feel at times because we have messed up. We can feel because difficulties have arised in our life that maybe God is against us. God is even mad at us. God does not love me as much as before or as much as this person. God's love is is no longer. He doesn't care for me anymore. You see, God does not shelter us from all the difficulties of life because we need these for growth. Think about a parent. I have a 15-year-old and a 4-year-old, and uh, the fact that they're my sons will never change. The love I have for them will never change because they're my children. They're my sons. But there are times when I must discipline. There are times when I must uh, bring about consequences. I don't like to do that. It doesn't bring me joy. Maybe for some people it does. But it doesn't bring me joy to restrict or discipline or bring consequences to their lives. But out of love, I do that. It's because I love them that I do that. So the fact that we have difficulties in life is not a determining factor of whether God loves us or not. And there is no difficulty that can separate you from God's love. No tribulation, no distress, no persecution, not even death. God assures us that all difficulties are doing what? They're working for us and not against us. Let that permeate in your life and your mind. Understand that God's love is equal. It doesn't change based on your behavior, based on how you act, based on how you love him, based on how you're loving others. We understand love is the uh, epic climax of the law. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love others as yourself. Love, the the central uh, tenet, if you will, the, the centrality of Christianity is God's love demonstrated through Christ to us. Therefore, we are to love other people the same way. So it's an inseparable love. Nothing can separate us from that love. And therefore, it's a permanent love. If we can never be separated from the love of God, then the love is permanent. It's everlasting. It's eternal. It's an unbreakable love. We are inseparable from God's love. And the permanency of God's love produces comfort in our lives. And then lastly, we see as inseparable conquerors, that we see the power of God's love in this passage. Verse 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There it is again, that truth shall be able to separate us from the love of God. So we are inseparable, but also we see here that we're conquerors. God gives us the power to conquer. Now what comes to your mind when you hear the word conquer or conqueror? Typically, you think of someone who has a victory. They, they have the authority or they take control of or they carry off to victory. And it's interesting here in our passage, it could have just said, nay, in all these things, we are conquerors through him that loved us. But it said this, it added more than conquerors. How can you be more than a conqueror? What is more than a conqueror? The conqueror already has the victory. They already have the one up. They already have the win. When you add more than, you get this, to come off more than victorious. 
to gain a surpassing victory, or you could say it like this, it means you and I as believers, we are super conquerors that are inseparable from God, inseparable from his love, which means we can live a victorious life. So stop living a defeated life. As a super conqueror that's inseparable from God, don't walk around defeated. There's no power on earth, no power in hell that can defeat you. Yet you see believers walking around with their heads down, their shoulders shrunk, living defeated lives. And ultimately, really, that's prideful. We end up stomping all over Jesus' work on the cross. Live a victorious life because that's who you are. You're a super conqueror. And don't stop living a negative life. Victorious conquerors should not be negative. Because of what you have received and uh, what you have, there's nothing to complain about. Your standing with God is as righteous. You are victorious. What is there to be negative about? And I meet Christians that are so negative sometimes. How are you doing? And it doesn't mean when I'm saying you can't share the realness of your life and be open with people, but when you're always negative, why? We can't live that way. We shouldn't live that way. You're showing on display who Jesus is. And if they see your Jesus as a negative person, who on earth wants that? So you can live a victorious life because you are a super conqueror, inseparable conqueror. So stop living a defeated life. Stop living a negative life and stop living a self-centered life. We are to love others because we have been loved. We are to serve others because we've been served. We are to sacrifice for others because we've been sacrificed for. Stop thinking and looking all about you. Maybe you've met someone like that. They, they never ask you how you're doing. Everything's about them and what they have going on. And look at them and listen to them. They're always taking. Let's just be honest. There's some people that just literally can suck the life out of you. And I'm sure you're thinking of someone right now that does that. Now, if that's you, stop doing it. Because that's not Jesus, that's not been a follower of Jesus Christ. He gave himself. He took, look, he said, not me, but God's will be done. He took the light off of him and began to look out. If you love others as you love yourself, then guess what? You can't be self-centered. Why? Because we have a victory as inseparable conquerors that you and I live in. The power of God's love produces victory in our life. Warren Wiersbe said this about this passage. A review of this wonderful chapter shows that the Christian is completely victorious. We are free from judgment because Christ died for us and we have his righteousness. We are free from defeat because Christ lives in us by his Holy Spirit and we share his life. We are free from discouragement. Because Christ is coming for us and we shall share his glory. We are free from fear because Christ intercedes for us and we cannot be separated from his love. So are you living your life like God desires for you to live? Are you living as a super conqueror? It should be evident. You should be living a victorious life. You should be living a positive life. You should be living a a life that is centered around other people, not defeated. Are you living as if you just won the greatest victory of your life? Because that is how inseparable conquerors 
live. If not, then guess what? Meditate on this passage. Allow it to go to it this week, today, tomorrow, the next day, and just keep going back to this passage and just let it sink into you who you are in Christ and what you have as an inseparable conqueror. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.